Lend us your ears and rejoice now, for we are the chosen of mercy. Palace. Yeah. Join the guards. I'm eager to meet with yeah. this Pythor. Very well. It's like the god of thunder and pie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guards, as you start to travel with them, you can see that they're kind of visibly relieved that you agree to go with them. <laughs> kind of uh, without any conflict. Uh, Why would there you... be conflict? Yeah. I don't know. Fucking... Have you read Greek myths? They're all fucking murder hobos. Every single one of them. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's extremely true. Uh, but yes, as you pass through the city, heading kind of north and then turning east to the palace, you hear a bit more talk between different people passing on the streets. They're like, oh, are, those, are those the heroes? Oh, I hope they can do something about all the troubles we've been having. This drought seems to never end. And one merchant you kind of see is like, I've had to kill off seven of my cattle just this week to appease Sidon storms and nothing is a, the, sto- the drought hasn't even abated. Is there uh, like no end to the Titan's greed? Uh, and then more talk about how I thought it was a lazy piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> nice. And then praises of his daughter, Anora, Princess Anora. What does Vulcan's Hall look like as we pass it? As you pass by, you see a large building with fortified stone walls and a shingle roof. A sign hangs from the building's heavy bronze banded doors. It reads Vulcan's Hall. You can hear sounds of metal uh, crashing against metal. And you can kind of feel, even in this kind of dry heat, more so from, the, from what is presumably a forge inside. As, as we're walking along, I am keeping an eye out for... Any sort of familiar faces? Make a perception check. 16. You think you see a, like a figure off uh, as you pass by near the north end of town. You kind of look to your left and you see like kind of a tall figure with long shaggy hair, but the figure turns and unfortunately it's not who you were hoping to see. Mm. You make your way up to the king's palace. Entering it, the once great Astorian palace looms high over the city. Large windows let in copious amounts of sunlight, which fails to chase away the gloom that has settled in the palace. As you walk the halls, you notice evidence of the court's past glory in the form of precious artifacts dating back to the First War. Extravagant tapestries show tales of Astoria's history and King Pythor's grand adventures, though more recent events are nowhere to be seen amongst these hangings and artifacts. Uh, all of the kind of attendants, the guards, most of them disperse, leaving you with just the captain that was leading you. You 
kind of arrive in front of the throne room. Does Nefmet recognize any of the artifacts? You would not, actually. They seem to be younger than you. I'm supposing that Nefmet probably vanished at, like, the beginning of the first war. Like, as it was, as it was starting. The gods had not yet come to save Thylia yet. Right, yeah, because they, they only came when the tide was turning against the dragon lords. And the only knowledge that Nehmet would have of them is what Dorothea mm-hmm. had told him. Yeah, yeah, most of the... Uh, in, I think this is kind of just general history. The dragon lords and their dragons had all been killed. And then the gods arrived and saved mortals. Pythor is legendary for his basically like single-handedly fighting entire hordes of centaurs and gigans. Great battle leader with his big fucking hammer. So as you approach the throne room, you see a like a, a tall figure with long flowing brown hair and like a full brown beard. He's dressed in armor, but he's a little bit like pudgy around it. Like he kind of he needs a breastplate stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably needed for the past, like, a hundred years. You can see him. <laughs> he has a spear and shield, and he's, like, trying to fight. The, like, he's sparring with the statues. You can hear him loudly and drunkenly slurring words together. It's like, ah, as he, like, points out, like, a guy again. I'll get you again, you dirty motherfucking piece of shit. That sort of thing. All the attendants are like worriedly whispering, and they kind of notice you and scatter. <laughs> <laughs> All the attendants withdraw, as well as the singular guard remaining, and uh, the doors are closed shut behind you. King Pythor tosses away his spear and then kind of sits heavily on his throne, uh, holding his head in his hands. You are the oracle's chosen. Yes. Let me tell you of my woes. And he starts to lean forward to tell a tale when you hear Kyra kind of heavily stomp over to him quickly and just, like, slaps him across the face. Oh. Damn. She kind of yells at him, Whatever your woes may be, drowning yourself in wine will not solve them. You have a duty to your people in these dark times. This wallowing does no one any good. And then insults him with a couple choice curse words. <laughs> uh, Pythor then kind of hangs his head at her harsh words. Uh, that may be true, but what can be done? The oath of peace binds my hand. And now the titans conspire to steal away my precious daughter, Anora. He then kind of like looks past Kyra to the rest of you, but perhaps you heroes can aid me. He then kind of regales you in the woes that were interrupted. Um... <laughs> A couple weeks ago, the Order of Sidon sent a detachment of warriors to Astoria, demanding that Pythor's daughter be chained to the rocks of Esther and sacrificed to the Lord of Storms. Uh, only then will Sidon relinquish his grip on the city, like all the, the drought, the famine, the storms. As he gets kind of like to the end of the tale, he starts to like visibly weep. Uh, like he, he also mentions that... Uh, Princess Anora was going to give herself to the Order to save the city, sacrifice herself. And so Pythor, because he doesn't want to lose his last daughter to his last wife, 
chained her into, or not chained her, but locked her in the dungeons to prevent <laughs> her from being a, a good fucking person <laughs> and sacrificing herself for the city. He just begs you to save his daughter. He mentions that uh, the Order of Sidon demanded that she be sacrificed by the next full moon. And he mentions that it's like, it's only a week and a half away. At this point, it would just be a week. What are we expected to, to do about this? We can't exactly change Sidon's mind. I, I don't know. You're heroes or something. Talk to the Order of Sidon. Get them to leave us in peace. Anything. Kind of turn back to the rest of the party and like shrug. Like, I, what, are, what, what are we supposed to do here? No one's telling me to stab anything. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Kyra kind of mentions up and kind of pe- uh, perks up and says, well, you do have many oxen that you can sacrifice, right? And he's like, yes. I don't, I, but I, I can give them 50 oxen, but I don't think it'll be enough. They will demand another human. I know it. The blasted order. Well, perhaps we could do something about this order, then. This is most troubling. If this Sidon wishes to flex his power over the city using his followers, I suppose, then perhaps perhaps we flex back. Does anyone else have any ideas? I got, or... I got nothing. No mm-hmm. ideas. I no... Where are the Order of Sidon soldiers based? Is there a place we could go to attempt to negotiate with them? They're camped to the north. Outside the north gate. They've amassed an army of centaurs and will just destroy the city if we do not give in to the demands. Kyra also kind of pipes up. It's like, you know, there is still time. We still have, she checks her wrist, a week away. <laughs> um, Half past the freckle. These, these heroes have great, have great tasks that need to be done, but would probably want your assistance in it. And then Pythor kind of like glances over to her. Ugh. Go see our father. He's down in Vulcan's Hall. He'll give you what you need. Nahmet cocks an eyebrow, especially if he makes eye contact with Kyra. Because she did just walk up and slap a god. (laughs) Yeah. And then he said, Avoiding your gaze. (laughs) Pythor kind of mentions as you're leaving, come back to me once you've figured something out. And he just kind of like slumps in his throne, pulls out the glass of wine that was knocked over at one point. Literally is Robert. probably by Kyra when she was yelling. <laughs> and then like pulls up a pitcher of wine and just pours it. It's like spilling out of the cup. <laughs> he pours it and then looks at the pitcher and starts pouring the pitcher down his throat. <laughs> I'll turn to Kyra like after we leave the palace and say, so what other trials, whether uh, quests do you have in mind that we do? You mentioned there are other things more important than the well-being of this city. Your lab- great labors, of course. Your prophesized destinies. I see. I, I was under the impression that uh, earlier she had said something about her having like ideas of quests we could go on to become powerful enough to reach the necropolis. Oh, that's what the... I mean, there's three different labors one of which is the Necropolis. One is find the Horn of Balmitria. One is 
light the Mithril Forge, which she kind of like thinks about. And is like, hmm, you know, Vulcan would know something about that. <laughs> oh, all the more reason to go visit him then. Speaking of gods, for someone who claims so fervently not to be one, you seem to be quite bold with them. I doubt very seriously that many mortals would be so bold as to slap a god. And furthermore, I doubt many other mortals could speak to a god and have them talk about our father. Kyra does not make any eye contact, kind of <laughs> scratches her cheek and says, ah, well, you know, I've, I've wrote some hit pieces on them. You know, freedom of the press. <laughs> we'll see what Vulcan sure. has to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to, to Vulcan's Hall. Yes. Would Nehmet remember from the stories that Versi told him that the gods were related like that? Yes. So you would know that Mitros and Vulcan were husband and wife and had three kids. Then Nehmet will just say that, you know, Versi told me many stories of the gods. Vulcan and Mitros were husband and wife, and they had three children called Pythor, Ballas, and Kyra. Huh. What a weird coincidence. <laughs> I'm also named Kyra. <laughs> Isn't Kyra like one of the greatest like songwriters ever, right? That was that was what she was known for? No, I heard she's not that good. <laughs> you know what, Ariel? I think you're right. I think it's just she's just overrated. <laughs> Versi once told me she had a voice more beautiful than any musical instrument. That her, feel like that her songs were capable of bolstering heroes. I, I think she's exaggerating. Versi is known How would you to, know that? Versi does not exaggerate. <laughs> Alright, to Vulcan's Hall. You're in front of Vulcan's Hall. Alright. This time when you're back there, the sounds of clanging metal have faded. As you push into the hall, you're greeted by a warm glow of embers and a blast of hot air from the forge. The room is decorated with a variety of bronze armors, weapons, and farming implements. Uh, there's a weathered-looking dwarf who is kind of like at the anvil, kind of inspecting a scythe that he's recently dipped in water to cool, making sure that it's formed properly. doesn't have any breaks. Uh, he then kind of like looks over his shoulder, notices you, wipes the sweat from his brow, lays down the scythe, and turns to greet you all. He kind of he just kind of looks at you, simply greets out. Hello, my name is Vulcan, God of the Forge. <laughs> ah, he kind of like looks over at Natsuka and is like, "Ah, you look a bit different. Uh... I like the, I like the hair." Oh, thanks. So would you say this Vulcan is, like, stoic and probably very logical? And He kind of, like, greets you all, looks, like, past you. You notice that Kyra has not come into the forge at all. She's kind of, like, outside, just kind of, like, whistling, waving at travelers. He kind of, like, reaches over and is like, Kyra, glad to see you stop by. And then, like, turns to the rest of you. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, uh, so you know Kyra as well. Oh yeah, she's my daughter. 
Now we now we all just look over at at King Kyra at once, yeah. being like, yeah, "Why have you whistling. made this so difficult?" She is steadfastly ignoring you all. <laughs> there is a wonderful street performance that is going on far away, and she's just watching it. <clears throat> Vulcan kind of like looks at you all, looks back at like the stack of work that he has. There's like many like kind of pieces of parchment that have like order notices of like swords and armor anything that needs to be fixed really like farming implements he has just like a whole stack of them that he constantly makes and it's like a there's a lot of work to be done i'll be brief you're the oracle's chosen right yeah yeah yes we are I assume you're here for help with your tasks, your labors. It would seem that Kyra believes that you have information that may help us in lighting the the mithril forge in the mountains. And also, we came seeking guidance so that we might also help Pythor and his daughter. Yet, we don't really have any idea how to fix that problem. He focuses first on the Mithril Forge. Kind of like, ah, what a wonderful place to work. Used to make all sorts of things back in my good old days. Kind of talks about like all these wonderful weapons and tools. He talks about this lovely harp that he made for his daughter. About this uh, enormous hammer that Pythor wielded in battle. And kind of just rambles on a little bit about it, forgetting about all the work that he needs to do. <laughs> and it's like, ah, uh, I know there's some dwarves, I believe. They're short, hardy folk. Probably met a couple of them. You can find them at the Dragon's Tooth. There's a group of dwarves in there. They, they've been talking about the mine a bit. You can get something more from them. And he kind of forgets about the rest of the question that you asked. <laughs> And starts to turn back to his work. Have you nothing to say for Pythor? Eh, my son gets this way. He'll be over it. You're just going to capitulate and let him sacrifice Honora? Mm. Again. He'll get over it. Well, it seems like he will be of little other help to us. I say we, we head outside and kind of huddle up to decide our next move. So this Honora, she's your granddaughter, isn't she? I have a lot of granddaughters by Pythor. A lot of grandsons, too. They come and go. They're not all that important. You gods were so much more noble in Versi's stories. Listen, Mehmet, I am fairly new to this idea of gods and the like, but I think you may be mistaken. I see not a god in front of me, but rather just a cruel, callous little imp. Yeah. And then I turned him off the way. Damn, I was expecting Vulcan to, like, freak out at that, but all right. Ito follows you about. Yeah, Nehmet looks over at Vulcan and kind of scoffs, I guess, and turns back out. Well, it seems that we've got our work cut out for us. What should we do? So, yeah, it seems to me like our options are the Dragon's Tooth to investigate the Mithril Forge, or we could go up north to the the hideout of these 
cult of Sidon folk and see what we can do about that. Well, perhaps we can plan while we eat. The Dragon's Tooth seems like a good enough place to start. Fair enough. The Dragon's Tooth is very close to Vulcan's <laughs> Hall. Yeah, it's a, literally... A stone throw. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Step, step, step. Oh, look, we're there. Ah. It's kind of early in the morning, still. Pyro kind of talks is like, ah, I'm sure the dwarves will be here in the evening sometime. I would recommend that you do one of your great labors and we'll think about solving Pythor's problems for him on the way. <laughs> There's this great city that you none of you have been to, except you, Nausicaa. But... There's wonderful things here, I'm sure. There's a festival coming up. Everyone's very excited. The people in the street are not as excited as Kyra makes them out to be. But <laughs> what is what is this festival that's coming up? Oh, it's a wine festival. It's gonna Yay! be great. <laughs> the cult of <clears throat> Lutheria, <clears throat> as she like vomits in her mouth, will be coming, and they. As much as I hate to admit it, throw fantastic parties. But if we should be moving on with our labors, why waste time partying? <sighs> Net Matt. Just oh. live a little. <laughs> we went and did the thing you want to do. That's, I suppose that's, Saving your girlfriend. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose that's fair. He shrugged. We'll get to it. We still have a few days. So the festival is in a few days. Fest, uh, yes, the festival. Well, there's preparations for the festival. And there's some parts of the festival that are like starting up. But the like full-on celebrations will be in a couple days. And Probably three more. The timer on Pythor's daughter getting sacrificed is a week? Yes, a week until the full moon rises. And the dwarves who can tell us where to find the Mithril Forge won't be in the Dragon's Tooth until tonight. Also correct. So, what do we do for the rest of the day, I suppose? Addressing the party. Well, uh, DM, DM question. Ye. There's, like, some pretty good shops here, right? Probably. Okay. We could go shopping, I guess. We did acquire a little bit of money. In our last adventure. Monks don't have money. That's not allowed. <laughs> I have one gold and eight silver. Well, if I'm you not brain dead, right? Didn't we, we, we got money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you got the, the gold yeah, yeah. arrow from Kyra. And yeah. also oh, missed I should write that. loot on bodies. But, you know, that's a thing. <laughs> if you wish to go shopping here, I have my own errands to run. I'm looking for someone here. Have you friend this land? I'm... I'm not sure. I was told that I may find a familiar face here in Astoria. So, well, I figure I might as well try and find them. Well, I have no need for shops. If you wish a friend on your, on your search, I'd be happy to, to travel with you. I am interested to visit the shrine of Estor. If anyone would like to accompany me, that would take us back through the Agora and the living quarters. So maybe maybe we could go together. Very well. I would also like to join you with finding this person. 
you would have me. I am also, actually, now that I think about it, looking for someone in this town as well. All right, who wants to go first? I guess I'll come too. <laughs> guess we're not shopping. Cool. No one's shopping, okay. No one's shopping. I was just throwing it out there. Uh, there's some stuff to be. It's like the public amphitheater. We're going, where we're going is going to be back where the shops are, because I'm guessing the yeah. shops are in the Agora, and yes. the living Correct. quarters is next to next to the shrine. So, Like, I don't really have stuff to shop. I was just throwing it out there, because no one else was saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Well, it seems like Mehmet and Ilva are kind of leading. They actually have things they want to do, and the rest of us are kind of tagging along, mm-hmm. so. I'm trying to find someone. To... I let's start with <laughs> as you all kind of move into the agora. I'll go with Nekmet first, heading off down to the Rock of Estor. So who else is joining you? It's, it's you and he will not really like be forceful or anything. He'll just kind of keep walking, and if he's not going to be bothered, he's not going to be bothered if anybody joins. Okay, so Nafika. I'll join. Okay. Cool. That's 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 good because Nehmet was interested. While they're walking, Nehmet will look at look over at Nasika and, and say, uh, "Vulcan didn't seem to recognize you. Were you cursed rather recently?" I, I actually was. It was a, uh, it was a little bit of bad blood between me and the. One who didn't win the competition. Oh. And he cursed me. But no hard feelings. <laughs> he'll he'll eventually get what's coming to him. You, you don't seem to mind or be hindered by your curse at all. It definitely seems to have been a help for us on the journey. Yeah. The first while was a bit rough for me, but I have learned to live with this curse. I imagine it's nice to always be accompanied by friends, and he kind of reaches out to pet one of the <laughs> one of the hair snakes. <laughs> the snake will like, kind of like slither a bit out and allow your pets. <laughs> good little, good little snake pet. But yeah, it's it's nice to have company wherever I go. You make your way out of the gates. Uh, kind of against the flow of traffic. Uh, So it takes a bit of time. But as you swiftly turn off to your right, it immediately, all the crowds disperse. And as you make your way down to the river shore, you can see there's now two figures by the rock. As you get closer, you can see that there's an iron iron pole stuck directly in the center of the rock. There's like white stones scattered around the base of the rock. You can see two blue-cloaked, golden-clasped members of the Order of Sidon, they are tying a single cow to the iron pole and then they make sure it's secure and like scurry away past you. Both of them kind of glare at Nausicaa as they pass. Uh, not making eye contact directly, but like glaring uh, well, <laughs> at your shoulder type of <laughs> deal. Damn. If you sit there and wait for a couple minutes, you see a kind of Eight-legged reptilian features kind of jump, two of them jump out of the river onto the rock. The cow is like pulling at the metal and they quickly dive onto the cow and start ripping it apart. 
these are two basilisks. Parts of the cow start to turn to stone as they tear it apart. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's, they oh, that's very quickly funny. devour the cattle or the single cow and then jump back in the river and start to swim upstream. Well, Interesting. Well, that was gruesome. Can we cross to the to the rock? Yeah, it's not super difficult. You just you have to get a little wet at some points. The rocks are not well worn and but the river itself isn't super deep here. It's like around mid-rift deepness if you end up falling in. But Nazca's fine. Your acrobatics is good enough. And Nemet's probably okay. My <laughs> so, acrobatics is plus four. Yeah, you're fine. If you jump onto the rocks, you can see the rock itself is a, a white rock, but or kind of whitish-gray. But then there's more kind of pale, almost marble-like stones that are scattered around. You kind of pick one up and you notice it's like a hoof shape or part oh. of a hoof. Um, <laughs> there's a lot like that. <laughs> like a bits of cow, perhaps, that got turned to stone. What do we see at the at the shrine? I mean, not much more than I described. It's No more cow? It's like... The shrine itself is very simple. It's not really it's not really a shrine to Esther. It's more like named after Esther. Ah. Uh, but it's where sacrifices take place. There's really not anything interesting here for Nehmet. No memories or anything like that. No. Mm. Nehmet just kind of sighs. Says, I thought that coming to this place would inspire memories but it seems that there's nothing i suppose we can go back now very well let's let's head back gonna kind of pat mehmet on the shoulder <laughs> all right the other three of you i guess do you all want to are you exploring together yeah sure. yeah i figured i'd travel with you over okay all right, where do you want to kind of explore off first? Because you're kind of just looking for people. Yeah, I, I suppose, like, the Agora is... I'm guessing that's, like, little uh, shops and stuff like that that are set up. Yes, there's a lot. Most of them are selling kind of basic wares for civilians. There's not a lot outside of, like, simple short swords and other kind of basic Thylian weaponry for sale. Yeah. None of it's better than anything that you have, though. Yeah. I'm going to look for... Are there any, like, food or ration vendors or anyone around here like that? You do find a couple who... Like, there's a couple different vendors. A lot of them have kind of sparser selection, and some of the stuff they do have is not super healthy. Like, you can find no. one person who's selling uh, different citrus fruits that are pretty good quality. That's probably the best you can find, is some, like, nice oranges. Uh, right. I want to try and get some for free. <laughs> Make a persuasion check. Hell yeah. 24. You're able to buy 
it for a fraction of the cost at like a single penny that you like flip over to the merchant and you get two citrus fruits with like a wink and a promise of sending more your way. The man behind the stall is like kind of flustered that someone so beautiful would be like even great. It's it's kind of like, oh, she's she's gracing me with her presence. It's like, oh, someone's so nice. Talk to me. That's great. I'll have to tell my wife about it later. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> and just as a hard counter to that, and just kind of stand there for a second, just looking over, unconvincingly uh, looking over the merchandise and just sort of look up to him and say, so have you seen anyone strange recently? Anyone of a similar like to myself? I just sort of point at like, your general features and the hair general features <laughs> honestly maybe the mask too because i'm not a uh, the mask is good did any of your did everyone in your clan wear a mask i think it was uh, right or was it just it the was, star speakers yeah it was specifically for like sailing and that sort of stuff oh oh that's okay so to protect against like salt and... yeah ah, that's cool and i should have read that is that in your thing that i didn't read <laughs> or like did i miss a line and <laughs> i think it might be in like the physical description that i put oh, that there in. it is i found it i like it okay it was just yeah. mentioning you which is why i didn't pick up on everyone wearing it as a as a matter of fact i did it was it was a taller man he came by looked around for just food and some supplies uh that was uh, two nights ago i believe he might still be here asking around similar to you for people like him really that's interesting you didn't happen to get a name off of this individual did you he's like deep in thought trying to remember i don't think i did i'm sorry he went to he kind of like gestures across the way to a someone who just sells like a couple weapons and basic armors. I think he purchased a dagger from that woman over there. Um, there's like kind of a older woman who has kind of like gray hair tied up in a bun, who sells kind of basic implements, like similar to Vulcan, but not as high of quality. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he bought something from her over there. She would know more. Thank you very much. And I will give him a gold piece. Mm, thank you kindly, stranger. Uh, and then I assume you want to go over to talk to the woman? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very much. <laughs> you kind of like go through a similar motion. Like she's like, oh, he was a really nice young fella. Talking about looking for his crew. He, if you ask for a name, she's like, oh, yeah, I think I remember. It was uh, Hoskell. Hoskell was his name you have a reaction to that i do and i'm very glad we don't have cameras <laughs> i kind of wish we did have cameras because i had a grin like a shark <laughs> of course you did Haskell. 
you say? Mm, that was right. I think he uh, asked around for someone like you. Uh, I think I saw him recently today, actually. I think I saw him head down to the amphitheater. The amphitheater. Yeah, just over there. She kind of points over to where it is. Very well. All right. I gesture to Ato and Ariel. Are, are, are you guys following me, or are you doing your own stuff here? Yeah, it, it does following you. All right. Ariel will follow you, too. All right. I will start moving in the direction of the amphitheater. And as I do so, I would like to draw my scimitar. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it kind of leans forward and puts his hand on Ilva's shoulder. So... Do we like this Haskell? And kind of gestures to the sword. I'll answer that as soon as we see him. <laughs> I have a quick aside. Ariel, have you ever peeled an orange on your own? <laughs> that is good to know. She hands it to Ato and just looks at him expectantly. <laughs> to me? Yeah. I just kind of look at it, look back at you and say, I, I don't want this, and like hands it back. No, how do you get the, the stuff out? The good stuff? He just looks at you very confusedly and like he doesn't look like the orange. He keeps looking at you and just like kind of squeezes a little bit to drive his thumb into part of it so you can see the juice come out of it and hands it back. <laughs> Alright, she hands it to uh, Yulva. Your scimitar's out. You can cut it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? what? Why? Because I don't do that. <laughs> I see. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the orange in my bag. <laughs> I just sort of lean in and say, "Well, you better learn." <laughs> Ariel counts charm person. <laughs> okay. Ariel. <laughs> okay. Sure. It's a wisdom save. Yeah. It's a wisdom save. <laughs> yeah, yes. She like reflexively charm persons. <laughs> she just looks really disappointed now. <laughs> now you have another orange that I can't get open. <laughs> All right, back to serious matters at hand, or not I'm so serious. I could, I'm assuming I could tell that a charm person was cast on me. Probably a little bit. <laughs> All right, I'll slide <laughs> for now. You just like it's like a, a bit of like. You kind of get like a twinge in your head, but you like just shrug it off. You're too focused. It's like, all right. It's like she hears wind chime. <laughs> all right. So. You head to the amphitheater. Head it's to the amphitheater. A couple steps away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you see uh, a circular stage with an open air theater has been built into the bottom of a hill away from the center of town. Rows of seats taking the form of inlaid stone blocks spread up from on the slope of a hill, giving onlookers a clear view of any performers below. It's an amphitheater. You can see there's a lot of, there's multiple people kind of just looking out into, onto the stage. If you take like a brief moment to kind of situate yourself with the, with the plot of the, the play, you see what seems to be a Lutheria, who is like very charming and not at all whispering, creeping, uh, nothing's into your ears and dreams, who is kind of sympathetically torturing, which is a strange phrase. <laughs> like a man who is like a bard who has like no sense of humor at all. He's just like the driest motherfucker that you've ever seen on a stage. 
and the actress who plays Letheria is like taking great delights to just like rip apart his sanity. <laughs> Do you are you like looking out into the crowds? I assume at least you are more than Yeah, I'm just sort of scanning the crowds. Make a perception check, assuming you're looking for somebody. Yeah. Fourteen? You can't make out the person you're looking for immediately. But as the play starts to wrap up after like 10 minutes or so, Lutheria plucks the soul out of the bard after taking his tongue and eyes and fingers so he no longer can be a bard. <laughs> How sympathetic. How sympathetic. She's like a very charming person. She's like, look at this poor fool. He's a terrible bard. His, his tongue is sharp and, sharp and wicked. Let me liberate him of it. Sort of deal. But as everyone starts to like applaud, stand up, you see a figure on the far corner. No mask, but dressed in a in similar wolf pelt cloak with wraps around pale skin. You can see the kind of twisting horns out of a moon elf's head uh tattoos kind of along his face it is as you remember him Haskell. oh okay 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 uh he's like kind of he's like you can see from where you are he's giving like a kind of smirk and is and politely clapping at the play he he appears to not have noticed you all right is there a point that i can like see where i could potentially like kind of stay to the shadows, maybe try and stay out of his view, out of his eyeline, uh, before, I guess, people start funneling out of the amphitheater. Yeah, make a stealth check. Ooh! 22. Nice. Okay. So you kind of are able to use the shadows of the building to the north, and you're just, like, watching him, like, He's prey as you sneak alongside Ariel and uh, <laughs> Eto. After watching the play for a bit, you kind of like look around and then you kind of glance to your side and you see that your companion is missing. From your angle, it's easy to see her, but she's like kind of creeping along the building, eyes locked on a figure um, that now the both of you can see are very similarly garbed to Ilva, but she. I'm assuming your scimitar is still out. Yeah, yeah, just sort of <laughs> pressed up against the wall. Yeah, you're like crouching low. Um, yeah. Because some of the people in the back are standing, you're able to get cover behind them as well as you get to a bit more advantageous position. Just for the, the record, Ariel doesn't see any of this. She is busy, <laughs> really working on her orange. And I just want, like, <laughs> everyone to know that character development is happening. Oh, so Will beautiful. you peel the orange? <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue with the. But Ato, Ato, you notice this? Yes. Uh, predicament. <laughs> you are able to get into a position where you feel pretty well hidden. As the crowd start to disperse, Haskell kind of turns away from you and is leaving. Some people kind of like notice you and like give you a wide berth. You have a weapon out. But there's no guards that have noticed you yet. She she's wearing uh, a mask. Maybe some of the people just think she's an actor. <laughs> Possible. 
Yeah, but Hoskell kind of turns and heads. He passes by you very closely. Oh, God. Okay. Okay, I want to, like, try and, as he's walking by, I want to just try and grab him and drag him into the alleyway with me. Okay, make a athletics check. That's okay. like a grapple. Oh, boy. That's a five. <laughs> right as you get close to him, he kind of takes notice and is able to kind of slip aside of you. He then kind of looks down at your kind of crouching, ready-to-pounce form, and he kind of smiles at you. Ilva, it's so good to see you. Is that how you treat an old friend? As he kind of like gestures to the weapon. I'm going to stop speaking common. Mm-hmm. Or and speaking will, the language of Thylea. I will, I suppose, put the sword away and just say... assuming you don't want to like enter the two of them kind of you notice them standing within striking range but neither of them attack they converse for a a few minutes <laughs> but there's like some moments you can't really tell from Ilva's face because of the mask and Haskell's back is turned but the ending they kind of clasp forearms and kind of part ways I'm just going to sit down. I'm just going to, like, sort of slide down the after <laughs> The rock wall, sitting in the I shadows like... of a stone. Yep. I'll walk up to Ilva and sit down next to her and say, did you find what you were looking for? No. No, I can't say I have. I actually have more questions than answers. He puts his uh, hand on her shoulder and says... It'll come. It's a long road, but things will get resolved. Ario walks up and shows the horribly mangled, <laughs> somewhat peeled <laughs> orange she's been working on. Just kind of smiles proudly. It gestures up there and says, and if this is any proof, things can change. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think this is probably about the time that me and Nehemet arrive? I mean, you would you wouldn't know to go to the amphitheater. That was the thing. Yeah, we would have been wandering around. Yeah, we were saying that it's, we, are, we just get up at the hijinks in the in the agora. <laughs> yeah, and asking like, have you seen a group of three weirdos? <laughs> you get some people like, oh, three weirdos. You say, oh, that right that way. Point to the <laughs> yeah. theater. All right, so we event we get there around that same time. <laughs> hey, Ilva, we saw someone who's dressed just like you. What the hell? so they walk up and say Ariel holy shit what the fuck did you do with that orange (laughs) 
I killed it. Do do you have do you have do you have another orange? No. No. But took the other orange. Oh. Can I have the orange? <laughs> I just like sort of shake my head and like, yeah, yep. Uh, here you go. All right. I have, like, already a get like a hole in one side where Ata like punched his thumb in so that the juice could come out. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like what? What happened? What happened to this? This one? What? What did you guys? What did you guys do? That oh, was my... them. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't know how to pe- do any of you know how to peel an orange? <laughs> kind of like cocked his head for a second. And now that I think about it, I I suppose not. <laughs> Alright, alright. All right. Hey, I'm can gonna I, sit can down. I roll to see if Nehmet <laughs> would know about oranges? Because I feel like that's kind you of... You have right. a... Roll a d6 and on... Just roll a d6. <laughs> I, think, I think it would be equally as likely that he would know about oranges. Two. Oh. Is that a two? <laughs> you know about other fruits, but this shell... Around it is unfamiliar to you. All right, all right. Gather, gather around. Gather. <laughs> I'm gonna be like showing, like a god, showing all of you to <laughs> peel this fucking orange. <laughs> She's like, all right, all right, all right. Peel, 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 peel. Here's the orange, and I'm gonna give everyone a slice of orange. <laughs> now you all know how to peel the orange. All right. Looks at Ato. How hard was that? You could have done that. <laughs> Yes, but now you know. Now you know how to peel the orange. (laughs) There you go. Now you don't need anyone else. Now do we level up? (laughs) (laughs) Can I and only I level up? Because no, the Oath of Fellowship. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Your fame increases by one. Your fame increases (laughs) by one. Peel an orange. Yay! We did it. We taught. People life life skills. <laughs> Did you find who you were looking for, Ilva? <laughs> yes, I did. Unfortunately, I found none of the answers I was hoping for. What? Uh, what were you hoping to gain? Something that I lost, and I suppose I found that. But I kind of wanted to lose this one. <laughs> Hmm. I wonder if I will encounter the same feeling. He sits down to her. So what do we do now? We talked about going to um the dragon's tooth, right? What what time of day is it now? By now, it wouldn't be too late in the day. Probably a little after midday, maybe around two-ish. How's about we get us some food then? Fill up our stomachs in. Wait for the dwarves to arrive. Sounds like sounds a good plan good. to me. Yeah, that sounds good. I do have a quick question. What is everyone's passive perception? 16. 12. 11. 12. 14. Okay. So as you're kind of talking in the streets of the amphitheater, a little piece of shingles hits the top of Ilva's head. You look up and... um. Kyra is on the roof. What the fuck? Kind of just uh, <laughs> looking down at y'all, eavesdropping. She kind of like notices that you notice her and like waves high. <laughs> I'll wave back. 
What are you doing up there? Just uh, taking a stroll, seeing the <laughs> sights. Do you want an orange slice? We have an extra. She like holds her hands down. Gimme. I toss it. Make it an attack roll. Make it an attack <laughs> roll? Yes. Oh god. Wait, you uh, start is that dex plus is that dex? For the accuracy of throwing a small thing, sure. Alright. Dex plus proficiency. As as one of two members of the party you can cut open an orange. Uh yes. You have proficiency uh, in oranges. That is... I'm writing that in the poem. Nasica is proficiency mm-hmm. in oranges. Uh, fourteen. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're, you're able to like in the story, you I'd hope you have proficiency in throwing fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you like perfectly toss it up, and she like catch she like catches like nice throw, and just like pops it in her mouth. <laughs> ah, hits the spot. So are we just gonna go to the dragon's tooth, get like a late lunch, and wait for the dwarves until <laughs> nightfall? It sounds like yeah. All right, you head over up to the dragon's tooth. Kyra expertly tumbles off the top of the building, lands in a roll, and kind of comes up standing, knees together, arms kind of up in a gymnast's pose. Ah? Uh, ah? Uh? Uh? <laughs> <sighs> I'll, I'll, I'll clap a little. Okay. Like a, do a little, I'll do a little golf clap. <laughs> she gets attention from one person and is disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you head back up through the Agora to the passing by Vulcan's Hall. Even at this kind of early morning, or not early morning, but early evening, the Dragon's Tooth still has decently sized crowds. You enter and there's just many wooden tables filled with different people from across Thylea kind of just sharing drinks and spreading gossip. There's a decent number of empty tables, large enough to fit six, if you want to wait for the dwarves to arrive. Yeah, let's go have a seat. Yeah. Works for me. As you wait, you hear a couple louder people who are already deep in their cups. It's five o'clock somewhere in the world. (laughs) Uh, You hear things like Princess Anora should be queen, Pythor should step down, kind of like a couple louder people who are like, uh, keep, keep quiet, keep quiet, but, you know, he's right, though. Uh, sort of <laughs> things. There's tales of a group of warriors that headed to the necropolis like two weeks ago, but they haven't been seen since. Everyone thinks that they were going to go grave robbing and suspected that they either died from that or any dangerous monsters along the way. You also hear that King Acastus of Mitros has fulfilled his promise to revive the dragon lords of old. Several different farmers claim to have spotted dragons that fly over their farms. Mehmed is interested. So about two hours in, a patron of the bar kind of recognizes you and gives you some free drinks. He's like, ah, the heroes of the prophecy. I'm so glad you stumbled into my humble abode. Here, take a seat. Rest your weary feet. And then and have kind of to eat. get you some drinks. Have something to eat. Yes. Have a seat, rest your weary feet, and have something good to eat. That's what you just said, Sam. 
<laughs> yep. Thanks for correcting me. <laughs> Around five o'clock in the afternoon, I guess now evening, the door busts open and like a dozen dwarves just like kind of grumble as they're like entering the bar. The patron kind of looks over at them, kind of just nods, and then like kind of gestures to a free table that has a um, little like marker of reserved. It fits all 12 dwarves. <laughs> and you loudly hear them angrily talking about how the copper mines are like kind of running dry and how if they could just get the mithril mines like reclaimed, then Astoria would be set for life forever. Nefmet raises an eyebrow at Anto. Well, these appear to be the dwarves we were looking for. It would appear so. Should we give them a moment, or we get to it? I see no reason to wait. Adarian stands up. It, Nefmet stands up as well. All right. Saunter over to the dwarves. Is anyone else going to come with us, or just the two? I will come oh. with you. How far away are the dwarves? Uh, probably like two tables away. So, so pretty less close. Than 60 feet. All right, I'm... I'm staying at the table. Okay. <laughs> I'll stay at the table as well. I will... I'll follow behind Ato and Nehmet. But I'll stay... I'll stay, like, maybe 15 feet back or so. Close enough to listen, but not close enough to interact. Let the, let the men handle this. Zyra's <laughs> 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 exactly. like, you're right, and starts flicking coins into a uh, wine glass. <laughs> oh my god, we, it's got the girls at the table, I just noticed. <laughs> Arya will get in on that flicking coins into a wine glass. I'll, I'll, also, I'll also get into doing this. What? <laughs> playing tiddlywinks? Instead of quarters, they're playing drachmas into wine glasses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Table. Uh, correct. <laughs> so you, you walk up to the dwarves. Um, they kind of, they notice you approaching and they kind of like quiet down and they kind of like turn to you as like, uh, is there something that you need? We heard you talking mm-hmm. about the mithril mines. We are the chosen of Versi and we have many labors to complete. Among them is lighting the forge in the Mithril Mountains. We spoke to the god Vulcan in his hall, and he told us that we might come see you, and that perhaps we could be of service in helping you reclaim your mind. Hmm. Hmm. Heroes, you say? Kind of like eyes you up. You don't look like much. He tips, he tips the, uh, the, the golden arrow circlet that he's wearing at him. Yeah. Unimpressed. <laughs> You'll hear of us yet. Sure, whatever you say. I mean, if you're going there, it's supposedly cursed. Back when I was a wee youngin, just working there, it was cursed by the Titaness Lutheria, and uh, we were driven out by monsters of all sort. There's some uh, family I remember there. If you can uh, retrieve some of their belongings, poof. We'll give you some gold for it. Maybe if you can uh, maybe get one of the gods to consecrate it, we'll move back in and get back to work. Kind of like looks at some of the other dwarves. The younger ones seem eager to work in the legendary mines of old, and some of the older ones seem more apprehensive, but open to the idea. After he, after he says, 
have a god consecrate it, he looks back at the table and pointedly and then turns back and says, I don't think that'll be a problem for us. Hmm. Uh, well, the mines, if you, uh, haven't, if you don't have anyone to guide you to them, they're just to the west of the city in the mountains. Would any of you stout-hearted dwarves be interested in helping the Chosen of Versi take back your minds? He looks at the, the younger dwarves. Make a persuasion check. Here's my persuasion check. 24! 24! <laughs> you see uh, there's a pair that kind of like stand up a bit. One of the elder dwarves kind of glares at one of them. And he sits down, but there's one still standing. It's like, ah, I can show you to where it is, but I'm going no further than that. I'll just point you in the direction. We would appreciate a guide to the entrance once inside. We should be able to hold our own. Nehmet nods. All right. So we now have a dwarven guide. Have we? Did we just lose Pavlos at some point? Did he just, like, break off? Yeah, he just, yeah, he went off to go sell <laughs> things. He would just, like, whatever. He would just, he just, we just let him go. Didn't really care. Yeah, I mean... I, I just remembered he existed. Fine. We said our goodbyes at one point, I assume. It's like, happy, good luck with your sales, sort of thing. Good luck with your labors. Well, if it'll suit you, we'll be ready to leave in the morning. And he kind of, like, agrees in the time, like, hmm, bright and early. I'll make sure I'm sober then. And, uh... <laughs> I don't think that'll be necessary. <laughs> Can we ask your name? Call me Creon. Alright, so we, I guess, say thank you to, to Creon, let him get back to his drinking and head back to the ladies. Yeah, it's just <laughs> devolved into just chaos as yeah, you are gone. What does the table look like when we return? <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> just There's coins everywhere. Kyra is clearly winning. <laughs> I, hey! Hey! Kyra, okay, Kyra's clearly winning. And um, I'm pretty sure Nausicaa would be second. Hey, now. <laughs> How's your dex, Venus? My dex? It's not horrible. Hold on. I got a plus two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nausicaa's also probably slightly drunk by now. <laughs> that was fast. Ito kind of comes back and surveys the strange scene. Kyra just like laughing maniacally, bouncing drachmas into wine. Ariel and Nausicaa both looking like a little sloshed. Kind of shakes his head and sits down. We've, we've secured a guide to the Mithril Mind. We'll be here tomorrow morning. Perhaps we can try and spin this in our favor as well with Vulcan. Perhaps if we are to light the Mithril Forge again. Maybe we can get his help in saving Anora. Maybe. Kyra kind of pipes up. Vulcan did always like working in that forge. Um, as the poems told, of course. <laughs> sure. So the, the dwarves also mentioned if we were be able to consecrate the area, they would be able to move back in, start living and working there again. Perhaps we could acquire Vulcan's blessing on the forge somehow? Oh, I'm sure if you can clear it out of whatever terrible beasts Lutheria set upon it, I'm sure he would be happy to. He is the only god capable of doing that right now. Oh, really? What's uh, what's stopping the other gods from doing that? No, oh, well, Pythor is obviously a useless drunk. 
Yeah, um, of course. Valis is off being a fun hater, <laughs> being a stick with her rules, and doing her duty to the T. And I'm sure Kyra is off causing mischief somewhere in the world. Ah, of course. <laughs> and and she couldn't be useful at all. I'm 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 certain. Oh, why would she be? <laughs> Flighty, would inconsistent. Be I'm sure she just like constantly disappears and reappears. Oh boy, we have a god with imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> for for Billy's sake. What goes into getting a place consecrated? Is it like another sacrifice, or is there another ritual we have to perform, or something? They would likely require some sacrifice of some sort. Okay. Like, like, would it just take the same kind of thing that we did with the boar? Is I guess my kind of question. Maybe. 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 Or a human, perhaps a lovely princess. I guess Sam just really wants us to sacrifice people in this game. <laughs> I guess. He just really wants us it's to... In a Greek setting, there's so much sacrifice in Greece. That's very true. <laughs> Do we want to go talk to Vulcan, or does it seem like mundane enough that we don't like get his permission to have him consecrate it later? I mean, if he wanted to consecrate it later, you can talk to him probably whenever. <laughs> like... Sorry. I'm sure he'll be happier to consecrate it once we're back and tell him, telling him that it's already fixed. Fair enough. He seems like the kind of guy who, like, if you come to with a problem, or, no, I don't say this, Kyra says this, he seems like the kind of guy who, if you come to him with a problem, he'll just tell you to go fix it yourself, and then uh, just stare at you disappointed, disappointingly until you do so. Ah. I assume you know from, from experience, right? Oh no, that's in poems, all over the place. Uh, 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 uh. Now, now, here's the thing. So, so would uh, Vulcan know if we, when, when we're like, all right, let's get him to consecrate the place, or could we like trust that you could somehow relay that message to him? I mean, he's right there. You can just go talk to him when you're done. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess all that's left is to watch this riveting game of quarters. <laughs> you all kind of, some of you more drunk than others, go to sleep. Hey. The, you're able to find lodgings in the Dragon's Tooth. and No. All right. Hey, <laughs> Ted. Fine. <laughs> Ito actually, like, leaves city limits and sets up his tent, like, out in the fields outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Right. Can I follow him? I mean, you can, yeah. I'm assuming Yeto's not being very stealthy. No, I'm, I'm just leaving the city. The, the day is over, I'm leaving. Alright. Probably the closest place to set up camp would be, like, like kind of along the riverbed. <laughs> Far enough sure. away so that it doesn't flood, but, like, everywhere else is, like, crags and cliffs, unless you want to walk, like, farther out. No, I want to say, like, close enough to the city that I can, like, go back in the morning, and I don't want to, like, be right on the road, but... That would probably be your best spot, then. Alright. Yeah, I'll just up next to the road somewhere, make camp. Do you follow all the way, Ilva? Yeah. And maybe, if possible, try to stay out of sight. Ooh. Make a stealth yeah. check, then. Twelve. Ato, you notice that Ilva's tailing you. It's not too hard to notice for you, 
at least in the moments right now, like you're kind of alone and alert. Mm-hmm. So you're able to, and it's not, it's kind of late. So there's not, there's not as many people walking about. Okay. I like take note, but don't like react. I, I yeah, I go down to the, the riverbed, set up my tent, put my bedroll in, and start running through my, my keto before going to bed. Does Ilva like reveal herself at any point or just leave? I don't think she really, she doesn't really like make herself known unless interacted with. She just sort of like maybe about like 60, 75 feet away from your camp, just sort of pulls a bedroll out of her bag, unrolls it on the ground, and just sort of starts getting into it. Okay. Yeah, I, I've like noticed her, but I don't really react or interact with her, just run through my K-Town. Go to sleep. Alright, that is where we'll leave off then.